the first time Vanya alerted me, I was asleep. Hello, animal lovers. Welcome back to Rescued by a Dog, the podcast about dogs that have actually saved their owners' lives. I'm Laura, host of the podcast and author of the novel, Not Just a Dog. Our sponsor today is an amazing organization called Together for Health. Founded and led by a team of dog lovers, Together for Health works to prevent cervical cancer in the U.S. and around the world. You can learn more about their mission and how you can support at togetherforhealth.org. While I work on stories for season four of the podcast, which will launch in early October, I'm re-releasing some of the amazing stories from season one that some of our newer listeners have never heard. Today, Morgan is going to tell us about how her beautiful rescue pup, Vanya, spontaneously learned how to save her life over and over. You'll notice that the sound isn't as good as recent episodes and the editing isn't as tight, but this story is cool enough that I'm excited to share it again. Now, here's Morgan. Hi. Hi, Laura. I'm so happy to talk to you today. Thank you for joining me. Absolutely. I'm happy to be joining you. I I have to preface that with um, I did not lock the dogs out of (laughs) my office. I feel like dogs interrupting a dog podcast just seems like a natural flow. (laughs) I just I thought about closing my dogs out, too, but I just am more comfortable with them in the room with me. So, yeah. And it's like, why? Why not? Why not? All right. Well, let's talk about dogs. Yeah. So I am thrilled to have you here today because um, when I was looking for stories for this podcast, you submitted a story that didn't even sound possible to me. (laughs) And yet I've heard stories like this out there. And so I am excited to hear about your dog, Vanya, Mm -hmm. and how she saved your life. And so before we get to that, let's just learn a little bit about her and your relationship. So why don't you start by telling me where you met her and why you were looking for a dog at that point in your life. Absolutely. So um, we had a three-year-old Australian Shepherd mix, Australian Shepherd something. Um, And um, we had just moved out. We had lived with roommates and they had dogs. Um, and we're like, well, he's had so much, you know, he's had kids around and he's had other dogs around and we just, you know, we feel like he needs a companion and, um, cause we're going to be gone all day, et cetera. And, um, so we're like, let's, let's get him a friend. Let's get him a little friend. Um, so we, uh, we were living in North Austin at the time and we went down to the ASPCA, um, and, we, you know, you walk in and there's just little crates in there. It's not a very big space, little kennels. And we knew we needed a younger dog because our dog was friendly to other dogs, but he was also kind of a grump. And so, yeah. um, so we knew we needed a dog that didn't have their own like grumpy things coming into it. But, um, so we're like, we'll get a, we'll get him a little puppy, a little girl. And we found this five month old dog and she wasn't one of the dogs up at the, up at the, uh, you know, at the end of the kennel, like, talk to me, talk to me. She's just sleeping. Like, leave me alone. Like, I know you're not going to pick me, but the best I could tell, she was a brindle pity and a blue healer. And it was like, it had been a, swir- it, like both of those coats had been swirled together. Whoa, whoa. Like they, they very artistically like moved around between the blue spot and the, and the, um, the golden brindle. Um, it was like golden chocolate brindle. 
just gorgeous. She was just freakishly gorgeous. Um, And um, I just took one look at her and I was just like, her, just her. Absolutely. And she was, you know, very like, no, I'm sleeping, leave me alone. And um, they put us in that little pen that they do to meet the dog and they put her in that pen. And the instant she was in that pen and had a little space, she was just the spazziest. Just like she was just bouncing all over the walls and she was just bouncing all over us. And she just had so much energy. She couldn't stop herself. And we both loved her instantly. And so she came home with us a couple of days later. um, And she was, I mean, immediately she was just, you know, all the things (laughs) that little pound puppies do. Like I just went and got my little little rescue dog. She was um, pooping on the carpet and jumping all over and eating the furniture and stuff. And she just had, she just had crazy energy. She just had that. I mean, she was a pit bull and a blue healer. And And she'd been pooped up. Yeah, we were in a 700 square foot apartment. So she just was so much all the time. And our older dog was very like, what did you bring me? <laughs> oh my gosh. And they played a little bit, but mostly he was just like, this is uh, this is too much for me. So soon after, and partially because of her, because she'd eat everything if we didn't keep her crated and we were working during the day and we were like, this is no way to have a dog you know, she's created so much and we were working so much. So of course we bought a house because what do you buy a house for if not to put dogs in? Respect. Yeah. So we bought, we bought a house and we moved into the house and, and she, and we were like, now she has a dog door and she has a yard and it's going to be fine. And she definitely caught all of the rats and possums and everything she could find and brought them to us, which is so kind of her. <laughs> um, but yeah, very, very quickly. She was like, this isn't enough either. Right. Because we're in Austin. It's not like, you know, your first house, you can be like, oh, I'm just gonna buy this giant property. Um, Right. We had a tiny yard. And um, I am a type one diabetic. And so um, exercise is always important. But I was still new. I was still new at it. um, I somehow got lucky and got all the way through college without uh, just without my pancreas dying. And then it rapidly died just lucky, right? Like wow, just yeah. getting to go through college and not having to worry about eating pizza five times a day. Like right. that's fine. Like you'll live. Right. Yeah. Um, that's such a good outlook. Yeah. I mean, it was going to happen. Um, but anyway, so I was kind of new at it, but, um, so we had this dog and I had this disease and I was like, well, she's going to eat the whole furniture unless I run every day. And I was working retail in heels on my feet. How did 10 you hours do that? Ago. I, you know, just 27. Yeah, the 27. Yeah. yeah, it's the only answer I have for you. So I started running. I taught myself how to run. I was like, I got to be fit, right, with this disease, and she's got to run. And so um, I learned to run. I learned to run with God, her. That's she, great. Um, and she was great at it. So um, that's yeah. the first time that she saved you? First time, time number one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Time number one that she saved me was just making me commit to to focus on something that wasn't just, you know, work and, and focus on myself. Probably right. was the first time I ever really committed like long-term. She really was like, no, we're, you're not going to work unless I leave the house, you know, on days when it's too cold. Yeah. Or on days when, you know, you're just hurting for whatever reason, either physically or mentally. And you just like, I can't, like, there's always a dog there. That's just like, where's my wife? Like, right. <laughs> 
I don't know. Because they don't, you know, they don't have that self-pity thing. They don't do that. So what, do you know what Vanya's life was before, was like before you met her? Do you have any idea? No, my guess is, is it was mostly in the shelter. Okay. I, my guess is, is that they had pulled her from a, another shelter. So I, I think she had just been in a kennel. Yeah. Like, I don't sense. even think she really did a lot of outside and outside was where she wanted to be all the time, all the time, unless it was raining and then she did not want to be outside. <laughs> but, um, she was just, um, she was special in a lot of, but she was, she was hyperactive, you know, and she had that hyperactivity, but she was really attuned to the world and to people. And she could, she could be gentle with the kids, my sister's kids. Um, but she, uh, she was definitely sort of a bolt of energy in an otherwise dreary, dreary house where we were just, you know, working all the time and right. killing time with TV. <laughs> now that we know a little bit about her, tell me this story about how she learned to serve you in a really unusual way. Yeah. So I had, so I was still fairly new to my diabetic diagnosis, which they, in the first few years, um, one to three years, usually they call it a honeymoon um, when you were a newly diagnosed type one diabetic. And what that means is that your pancreas isn't dead yet. It's working a little bit sometimes. And however, infrequent, not very um, consistently. Right. Um, and so what that means is, is that it, it can be a time when you don't really understand just how much diabetes is going to impact your life, but it can also be kind of a dangerous time because you, you have to take insulin every single day and with every single meal. And then sometimes your body's like, oh, I'm supposed to do that. And then it just like makes some insulin and then you have way too much. Um, and back then they had just started to make uh, continuous glucose monitors. Um, the they were way expensive back then, um, and they were they were way out of my ability with our insurance to to have them. Um, and I was being I was being so good. I started to run, and I started to do all these, you know, taking care of myself, and I was really really good about my food. Um, thank you, control issues. But uh, <laughs> you know, still I was having some extreme lows low blood sugar. And what um, is that like? Well, I think everybody's experienced it before. And I think it depends on the extremity of, of what a blood sugar low feels like. But, you know, a- anybody who's had a sugar crash, it's like that. But instead of it happening over the course of a couple of hours, it literally happens over the course of a couple of minutes. Whoa. Um, where all of a sudden it's just not okay. Yeah. Um, and if you go too low, you seize or possibly die. Um, and there's an actual thing in diabetes <laughs> um, called dead in bed. Good and God. That literally means you don't wake up. You go to bed and you have such a severe low overnight, you don't wake up. Wow. Um, which is why a continuous glucose monitor that alerts when you go under a certain level is a lifesaver. Um, so I was having a lot of severe lows and the severe lows can happen overnight. Um, and what that kind of looks like is if, if you have nothing, if you don't have a CGM, if you don't have a system to wake you up, um, you either don't wake up or you, a lot of the time your body will wake you up. And, um, by that point, I, I don't remember a lot of it, but my husband said there were a lot of nights where he'd look over and I'd have like a 
orange that I literally opened up with my hands in the bed, just like eating it. And it was like all over me and like an empty banana peel next to me. Cause it was the first things I could find with sugar in them, Yeah, but I couldn't actually get to the orange. So I was like dissecting it with my fingers as I was eating it. Um, because I don't, I, I was so low. I don't remember what I was uh-huh. doing and I wasn't really efficient at doing anything. Um, I've fallen over before trying to get to juice that kind of thing. Um, it's, it can be incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Um, and I don't know when the first time it happened was the first time, the first time Vanya alerted me, I was asleep and I woke up and her nose was on my nose and she never did that. That was an odd behavior for her. She was one of those dogs who, when it's time for her to sleep, nobody touch you. I'm going to my bed. Everybody leave me alone. I don't want to cuddle. It's sleep time. Leave me alone. But her nose was up against my nose and her eyes were just unblinkingly looking at me with this mommy, you smell like a coma (laughs) face. And she didn't move. She didn't twitch. She didn't blink. She didn't anything. So I knew instantly something was wrong. I figured something was wrong with her and I sat up and instantly like the world swam and I knew that I was having a severe low. Wow. And she just smelled it straight off my breath. Oh. Which a dog can do that. There are it, there are diabetic alert dogs who are trained to do that. If you want to have a diabetic alert dog, um, which are great for people who can afford them who have kids, it costs about $10,000 to get them trained. Yeah. And then they need to be continuously trained their whole lives. Okay. So first of all, what are, what are they trained to smell? Like, what are they smelling? Do you know? Yeah. They, um, generally when they start training a diabetic alert dog, they will use, um, blood from whoever they're training them for. Um, specifically that person's blood when they are low and when they are high, they will take samples of that person's blood and they will put it on a rag. Um, and they will have the dog smell it and then they reward the dog. Um, the dog has, has a specific thing when, when they smell that low, they will bring a a specific toy to either to the person or if it's child to the parent and they are trained to do that. Um, and they have to go to a training school to do that. And they will take blood samples from the diabetic to the school for that purpose. And then they also have to train in the home. And they have to continuously every like a couple of weeks out of every year, go back to training to do that again, to do that instilling training. But it's, that's what they do. And if, and if the person has a high, if, if their person has a high, they, they do something else, right? They have a completely distinct and separate behavior to alert that that person's blood sugar is getting really high. Was Vanya in the room with you sleeping when she yep. alerted you that first time? So she was on the ground or on the bed? or She's just on her bed, on, on her own bed. bed. Yeah. And then she, so how the heck did she do that? Do you have any idea? Instinct, something was wrong. Yeah. In, instinctively, so, something was wrong. And it wasn't, she didn't catch every time I had a low. I will but say she that. she did it like, many She wasn't times. trained. She did it, she woke me up at least a dozen times over the course of her life. Um, and that wasn't it because we were running. I would have lows while we were running. Yeah. I would have severe lows while we were running because I wasn't 
I didn't know where my blood sugar was at. And um, I'd get over overzealous with the run once I was really good at it. And we would just go for miles. And we would go out to like Walnut Creek Park. We would go to places where it was just like trail running where I would have no access to any juice. And I was a new diabetic. I wasn't always smart. I wasn't always bringing something with me. And she would start throwing a fit if we were running and my sugar started crashing. Just throwing a fit in in a psychotic way. Like, I won't run. I'm done. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to spaz out at the end of the leash. Losing her mind. And acting up terribly. Um, not biting, not doing anything like that, but just being really upset. Like a dog who had just been put on a leash for the first time and did not like it. Like just spazzing out. And I'd have to stop and I'd have to focus on her and I'd, ha- and I'd have to be like, what? What? What's your freaking problem? Because she was also kind of a weird dog. So I was like, what, what is your problem? And then I, once I stopped, the world would spin. <laughs> I'd feel like sitting down and be like, oh, we're going to go ask a neighbor for juice. Okay, we're going to ask a neighbor for juice. You know, or like if I could make it home, if I knew I was like, okay, we got 10 more minutes. Can we just run home? And once I stopped and once I addressed her, I could get her to come with me again. So like once you were like, okay, I know what you're saying. She would calm down and know that you were taking care of the situation. So somehow she knew that you understood her English, that she was trying to speak to you. She understood that whatever she had done, whatever was happening, that I had stopped and I had paid attention to her. Yeah. So whether or not she thought I had heard her, I don't know, but she would, she would do this all the time when it happened. Every time we ran and I, and I'd come home low, she would have been, and I figured it out because every time I ran and I'd come home low or I'd feel really bad, I'd realize she was having these wig out attacks on our run and it would take a really long time to calm her down. And she did that her whole life. It's just, I I got choked up hearing that. It's, it's such a miracle. And also shows how, like you said earlier, she was just so in tune with everything. Mm -hmm. Like she was paying such close attention to you. I think our dogs do. They watch us all day. They pay such attention to us. And sometimes I think with my own dogs, I don't even know if I deserve that much attention, that much devotion, but it's really incredible. Mm Mm-hmm. And was she like that with you outside of these situations? Like what was your relationship like with Vanya normally? She was, um, she was smart. She was intuitive. She was demanding. Like when she needed she, when she went, it was like, when it was time to eat, like, let's feed me. Like, I'm going to yeah, let you know what right I now. need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was one of those dogs where like, she would, if it rained, if it had the audacity to rain while she was outside, she'd come in and she'd throw a little fit about it. Can you believe it? I was just laying outside and it decided to rain. Who does that? (laughs) If I came home and the crazies got her while I was out and she ate a shoe or a throw pillow or something like that, I'd walk in the door and she'd be up against the door like everybody else's dog, right? Along with the other dog. Hello, welcome home. Welcome home. I love you. Welcome home. And then I'd put my stuff down and I'd turn around and she'd be outside on the porch through the dog door, next to the sliding door, sitting, staring at me, wagging. (laughs) With a very contrite look of like, I have destroyed something. (laughs) I'll stay here until you figure out what it is. I know I did it. 
and I'm sorry. And she just put herself in timeout for a sec. Good girl. <laughs> no need no need to be upset. I will sit here and let you figure out what I've eaten. She sounds like a party girl to me. She was. She was a party girl. She sounds funny. Was she funny? She was very funny. She was very funny. She was one of those dogs where we'd give her a carrot. The other dog ate carrots. And she'd take it. And she'd look at me with it in her mouth and then she'd put it very gingerly on the floor and then she'd just look at me like, not a cookie, not a cookie. And then wait until <laughs> she got an appropriate treat. Um, she, was, she was hilarious. She'd get, she'd get so excited that she'd do something like pull the entire rug out through the dog door. And I'd come home and it'd probably be hours later and then I'd Where's the rug? (laughs) There's like a four by six rug here and it would like be in the yard and I would go and I would pick up the rug and I would turn around and she'd just be wagging like, ah, I think that was me. (laughs) And about when she was about six, I stopped working outside of the house and I started working from home and she just got infinitely happier and calmer. Because I was there. I was with her. We could, you know, the other dog was the one that had to be next to me all the time. Right? And she was the one who was like, let's go have fun. And then I'll go nap in the in the grass is what I'll do. But she got infinitely calmer once I started mm. working from home. I think it was, she was very connected to us as a family. And she was very connected. You can, you can, you know, that just because she was very connected to like what was going on with my blood sugar, that like she took ownership of that and she took ownership of our stress. And so when like my stress went away of having to be out of the house 10 hours a day, like it immediately impacted her and her calm just came all like it came down. She was also middle-aged at that point. So, you know, she was also like getting to that place when a dog can find, you know, their, their happy place. Um, when, when you have a hyperactive dog. Yeah. She was just, she was just this amazing, amazing animal that we, we got to be a second dog. Yeah. You know, how long did you have her? Nine years. Mm. Can you tell me a particular happy memory that you have with her? Like a day that was really great or just a moment that you remember that was really happy yeah i we um we decided to introduce her to water when she was maybe a year old we took them out to lake pflugerville right after they had made it when it was back when there was nothing there right it wasn't it wasn't a fancy looking uh, you know hike and bike trail (laughs) um it was just a pit in the ground um really and we took them out there um and it was like an hour of just trying to get her to put her paws in, right? A whole hour of that. And then by the end of the day, she just, she was like, I just, I'm just going to leave my feet in here. <laughs> no, no, no. You go home. I'm fine. I'm fine. I've got this. I'm and just she gonna, just had her feet in. Just my feet. I don't need to splash. Don't need to get wet. <laughs> We're not taking a bath here, but this is very pleasant. And I will just stand here. And, um, <laughs> That was I that was one of her first moments that I realized that she could achieve calm. Yeah. And those were my favorite moments of her like every time. Because 
for like a hyperactive dog that you're not really sure if you're doing justice for, right? Like, am I giving you the life that you need? Am I giving you what you want? When she'd, when she'd get like her, her three, her two, three miles out of her, right? That she had in her and she'd run the crazy out or she'd, she'd go someplace new and all the, all the excitement would pass and she would just achieve like this level of dog clarity where they're like, I could just be, I could just be here for a minute. And she liked to be free. Freedom was like, you know how every dog has like their thing, right? Yep. They have their thing. Like if, if it's either, it could be being with people or it could be food or it could be play or, you know, there's always a thing, one thing that they have that is their top thing. Yeah. Her thing was freedom all the time. That's beautiful. Don't put me in a cage. I spent my whole puppyhood in a cage. You know, don't lock me in a house unless I get to see the world. Um, if Vanya could understand English, what would you say to Vanya? that she was a good girl yeah she was a really good girl and I think sometimes she didn't know that